0: Today is Monday, August 2nd, and this episode is brought to you by the Locked On NHL podcast. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league, and I am actually on there today talking about David Krejci and Tuka Rask and all things Boston Bruins, which we will expand upon here today with kind of an off-season reset asking where do the Bruins go from here. Before we get into that, a quick reminder that uh, it is the month of August, kind of a downtime for the NHL calendar, and as a result, the podcast will be three days a week this month. Uh, The plan will be to get one up Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but it could be some other days along the way. So please do hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed, Free you to download, listen, and enjoy, there could be some bonus pods along the way, as I did on Friday after the David Krejci news broke. If you're on Twitter, you can follow along at lo Boston Bruins. On Instagram, we're locked on Bruins, and you can find me my dad jokes, hockey tweets at Ian C McLaren. So let's get into it, shall we? First of all. Let's take a look back at what has been a busy offseason so far for the Boston Bruins. First of all, we had Jeremy Lozon selected by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft, followed by the re signing of Taylor Hall to a four year contract worth $6 million. Then, per season, I should add. Then the Bruins decided not to qualify Andre Kasha and Nick Ritchie, allowing them to become unrestricted free agents. Before we could get to the free agent period, there was the NHL entry draft, in which the Bruins selected Fabian Lissell. After that selection, I did drop a bonus pod kind of mentioning the uh, character quote unquote issues that he had um, that perhaps allowed him to drop to the Bruins spot in the draft. Uh, Matt Porter of the Boston Globe had a great article up on him over the weekend to kind of expound on that. Uh, Part of the reason why he had been given that label is because he asked for a transfer from his uh, junior team to the Swedish Hockey League, which is the men's pro league over there. Uh, His former... Under-16 national coach Anders Lundberg pointed out uh, to Matt Porter that the Swedish mentality is don't stand out. So he kind of bucked that trend, and that's part of the reason why he had been given that label. Porter wrote, Lunda, considered one of the power organizations in Swedish hockey, was miffed about losing a potential top-10 NHL pick to a competitor. Word got around, and LaSalle got a label, and the label was that he has uh, character issues. His North American representative is Jerry Johansson. He said, Teams don't necessarily like strong-minded young men. They like, yes sir, no sir, whatever you want me to do, sir. In my experience, the best players are strong-minded. That gets interpreted differently when you're young. There's nothing wrong with this guy's character. He's a great kid. He left Frolanda for a very good hockey reason. They weren't happy about it. That was the narrative that was completely incorrect. He didn't deserve that, but he dealt with it. So that's where those uh, character issues come from. Uh, whether or not they're founded in reality, uh, you know, remains to be seen. I had heard some other uh, bits and pieces of more sorted things, but uh, hopefully that's all it is. And you know, in hockey. Things like that are more, uh, you know, magnified than in reality or in other sports. In the business world, for example, if you show great confidence, that's something to laud. But in hockey, you know, it's uh, it means you're you're a problem in the room. Anyways, I believe Porter's the first Bruins reporter to really get on that, and uh, all credit to him there. I thought it was worth revisiting since it had been an issue after the draft. From there, we saw free agency come about. The Bruins re-signed defenseman Mike Riley. They added Derek Forbort on the back end, uh, a strong, big, shot-blocking defenseman. They added Thomas uh, Nesik from the Vegas Golden Knights, who is ready to contribute in the bottom six, uh, chipping in on the penalty kill. Uh, He said he's a bottom six guy. Be good defensively. Create something offensively, too be a good penalty killer, help the team win the game, a versatile, uh, you know, bottom six forward that the Bruins added. They also added a versatile player in Eric Haula, uh, who kind of the same as uh, Nesic, just really ready to come in, natural center, uh, but can play on the wings, and another guy who will be beneficial in the bottom six uh, and competing for Um, playing time with some others down there as well. And then uh, Nick Foligno, who we've talked about as well, signed with the Bruins. All of this came a couple days before we get the statement from David Krejci that he is indeed deciding to take his game back to the Czech Republic where he will finish his career playing in front of family and friends uh, 63rd overall pick back in 2004, made his debut for the Bruins in January of 2007, and has been a unheralded, if unspectacular, kind of yeah driving force for this team, playing behind Patrice Bergeron ever since. One of the most integral players to Boston's success over the last decade. And, uh, you know, I said on Twitter that Krejci to Horton in game seven of the 2011 Eastern Conference Finals was probably one of my favorite hockey moments ever. Uh, he won the cup with the Bruins that year, of course. He would have been the Consmyth winner if he had, uh, or if the Bruins had won in 2013. Uh, just an unreal run that year. And just a steady, constant. And important presence for the Bruins over the last, yeah, you know, 14 years. Uh, so the Bruins are really going to miss him. It's uh, no secret that there's a big hole on the uh, or down the middle for the Boston Bruins. And you know, with Taylor Hall having resigned, it really looked as though Krejci might come back for at least one year to get a whole season of the Hall Krejci Smith line. Uh, That's not the case, and he will return to the Czech Republic, ranking in the top 10 in the following Bruins categories. Games played, he ranks 7th. Assists, he ranks 7th. Points, he ranks 8th. Playoff games, he ranks 3rd. Playoff goals, he ranks 6th. Playoff assists, 2nd. And playoff points, 2nd in team history. Uh, Stanley Cup to his name, he certainly will have his number raised to the rafters at some point, and arguably a you know NHL or a hockey hall of famer down the road as well. But his um, departure, along with the signings that they've already made, raises some questions for the Boston Bruins, and we'll get to those here in a moment. But before we do, a quick word about bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, football, and UFC. Use your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great uh, news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information that they have over there. Head to their website, sign up today for a free account, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So I spent much of the weekend thinking about uh, the Bruins, their situation, what their lineup could look like uh, on opening night. And as it stands, they have $1,089,326 remaining under the cap uh, with you know a full roster already pretty much set. You obviously have the Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and David Pasternak line set in stone for the upcoming season and then from there it gets a bit more challenging to project what the lineup will look like taylor hall and craig smith seem pretty much set at the second line but who is going to play center is charlie coyle healthy and can he live up to the 5.25 million dollar aav that his contract carries a modified no trade clause a no move clause You know, he's being paid to be the second-line center, and um, hopefully his off-season surgery and his off-season regimen allows him to step in and play that second-line role. But that is not, you know, by any means uh, guaranteed. Perhaps he's more suited for the third line, where he could play with Jake DeBrusque, uh, Nick Foligno, Eric Howla, and maybe even on the right side as the Bruins do have a lack of right-hand shots in the lineup at the moment uh, with all their best players, having said that. On the fourth line, you could have uh, Thomas Nasik, uh, Trent Frederick, Curtis Lazar, Chris Wagner. Guys vying for that spot, you'll have Carson Kuhlman looking for ice time, Uh, Zach Sanishin still looking to make his presence felt at the NHL level. Uh, so there's a lot of questions within the bottom six, and a lot of who knows who could fill the role for the second-line center. Is Coyle ready? Is Jack Stanika ready to take the next step? Ideally, you'd want a guy who is established as a second-line center brought in. Uh, there are some trade candidates out there. Christian Dvorak is a guy the Bruins have been looking at. Uh, Ryan Strom is a guy that I think... Could fill that role, although he doesn't quite bring the defensive game that the Bruins are used to at that spot. Jack Eichel's a bit of a pipe dream, although uh, he and the Sabres are nearing a very messy breakup, and perhaps uh, that will push the Sabres to take below market value or retain some salary there. If that's the case, there will be more teams interested, but... I don't think it's a secret that Eichel wants to play for the Bruins. He doesn't have that no-move protection, so he can't really pick and choose where he wants to play, as Taylor Hall did when he was available for a trade. Uh, But yeah, there's some big questions for the Boston Bruins uh, down the middle, for sure. You have Bergeron, Coyle, uh, Howla, Nasik, Frederick, Lazar, who can all play the center position. Nick Foligno, possibly also in a pinch. Uh, But who really comes in after Bergeron is the big question. Do they try to go with the center-by-committee approach, as Don Sweeney alluded to last week? Or do they swing, uh, try to move Jake DeBrusque, and bring in a guy who's more of a true second-line center for Bruce Cassidy to deploy at that position? It's a big question and one we don't have answers to at the moment. On the defense, things are a bit more secure. You have McAvoy, Grizzlick, Carlo, Riley, and then probably Forbort and Clifton with guys like uh, Jacobs Borrell, John Moore uh, vying for some playing time. Your Hell Vakaninen looking to make the next step as a 22 year old first round pick. Uh, Brady Lyle, uh, Mark Diver of the uh, who covers the Providence Bruins had a great article about him over the weekend, how he's very motivated after being undrafted. 22 um, year old could be looking to make the next step as well as a right hand shot. the Bruins don't have many of those on the NHL roster, just you know McAvoy Carlo Clifton. and I think Brady Lyle could really challenge. Clifton for some playing time on the bottom, uh, or sorry, in the third pair defensive role. And then in net, of course, there's Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman, and that's uh, pretty much it. Is Swayman ready to be a pivot uh, starter with Allmark? Will Allmark carry a big chunk of the load? Will Tuka Rask be ready to come back? In January, will he sign a kind of a prorated deal? And um, will he be able to pick up where he left off as a very high-end goaltender for the Bruins, heading into what we hope will be a long playoff run? Uh, That's all up in the air at this point, and uh, it remains to be seen whether or not uh, yeah, Rask does come back and whether he's as good as he was prior to off-season surgery. I mentioned before that Tim Thomas had the same surgery before the 2011 year where he was, of course, lights out as a Vesna Trophy-level guy, Consmite Trophy winner. Uh, Ideally, Rask can come back and play at that level, but that's not exactly guaranteed by any stretch. So right now, yeah, the Bruins, you know, they have a lineup that they can ice on opening night. They're way up against the cap unless they make a trade. Involving Jake DeBrusque, who carries 3.675 million against the cap, John Moore is at 2.75 million. Uh, those are two guys that very easily could be moved. Well, maybe not very easily, but you know, if they were moved out, they could um, clear up a lot of cap space that could be used to um, bring in a guy who could play center. But whether the Rangers or Coyotes are eager to take them on in a deal for a Dvorak or a Strom, uh, who knows. And, um, you know, this is kind of the point in the offseason where things go a bit quiet. You've gotten the free agent frenzy out of the way, and now teams are kind of uh, ready to wait and see how the secondary market shakes out, how teams that are up against the cap look to maybe make some space. And there could be the odd... Uh, PTO as well, where uh, guys are brought in to training camp uh, and vying for the ability to make the team and secure a contract in training camp. When it comes to uh, you know free agents that the Bruins could look at at the center position, very very thin. You have like a Travis Zajac, uh, you have Tyler Bozak, you have Artem Anisimov, our old friend Marcus Johansson is a unrestricted free agent, Casey Sezikis, Eric Stahl. Are any of these guys able to step in and play a second-line center role? Probably not. Probably not anything much better than what the Bruins have uh, at the moment. Um, so, And they don't have the ability, obviously, to offer sheet anybody because they don't have any cap space. So, yeah, they're either going to roll with the center-by-committee approach or they're going to trade... Most likely a guy like Jake DeBrusque along with uh, hopefully John Moore or a prospect pick to sweeten the pot and bring in a guy um, that could fill that role in the absence of David Krejci. And I say that very loosely. It's very hard to replace a David Krejci, if not impossible, as I said on the Locked On NHL podcast today. If you're expecting someone to just step up, and fill that hole, well, it's not going to happen. Uh, with all due respect to Charlie Coyle, uh, he probably, uh, that's probably a lofty goal for him to step in. Uh, Jake, Sorry, Jack Stenica probably has a higher ceiling, but it's also a tall task for him to come in as essentially an NHL rookie and take over for uh, David Krejci. So where do the Bruins go from here? That's the topic of the day. That's the title of this episode. And uh, I really don't know. I think they seem to be happy to move on uh, kind of at the status quo with the roster at the moment. They obviously made all these deals uh, prior to knowing when or if David Krejci would come back, uh, and with little room to re-sign him if he was going to come back. Now that he's not coming back, they have all these guys, they have this depth, and they'll see how the roster will shake out. So barring a trade, that's how it's going to be at the moment. Uh, I, for one, feel a lot less confident about this group without Krejci than uh, I would if he was coming back. And uh, it's kind of a gamble on Don Sweeney's part to go for these depth guys instead of um, bringing in a true second-line center. But maybe he believes in Charlie Coyle. Maybe he believes in Jackson Nika. Maybe he thinks Nick Foligno can play center. Um, Who knows? But uh, yeah, it won't be too long until we find out as training camp is only, what, about six weeks away, seven weeks away. And it's going to be really interesting to see whether Don Sweeney stands pat or if he swings big in the trade market to try and address this second-line center situation. In the meantime, let's talk about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors, there's really something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the flavors, you're missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are they great tasting, but they're also healthy too. There's about 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, about 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, all great tasting, healthy, and there are some gluten free options as well, which is important to me as someone with celiac. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team, which is pretty cool. And right now, you can go to build.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. You will not regret it. Don't forget about the Locked On Bets podcast. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. They'll give you your daily picks for baseball, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and the lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Let's finish by looking at some news and notes, big stories from around the NHL over the weekend. One of those was, of course, uh, Evander Kane of the San Jose Sharks. Uh, There was an allegation raised, On an Instagram account attributed to his wife, Anna, claiming the winger abandoned her and their two children to go on a European vacation while their home was being repossessed. She also accused Kane of betting on his own games. Uh, Kane was sued by a Las Vegas casino in 2019 over uh, $500,000 in unpaid gambling debts, but the suit was dropped the following year. Uh, in January of this year, he filed for bankruptcy, claiming nearly $27 million in debts, including 1.5 in gambling losses. He's also facing six active lawsuits from uh, money lenders. Uh, the NHL is launching an investigation into the allegation about um, him gambling on NHL games. Uh, the Sharks also released a statement indicating its support. For a full investigation, uh, Kane came out on Twitter on uh, Sunday uh, denying all these allegations. Uh, kind of uh, unfairly painting his ex as having or, or being mentally unstable, which is a common deflection in these situations. Uh, but really sad situation overall, and, and just hope that you know his uh, his daughter okay through all this, and that uh, there's a resolution to it. That is, uh, you know, fair for everyone. Um, going back to Jack Eichold, there was a uh, statement from his agent over the weekend really complaining about the Sabres not yet clearing him to have surgery that he wants to replace an, uh, a disc in his neck. Uh, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman interviewed a neurosurgeon over the weekend Uh, Who provided Eichel with the recommendation to correct the herniated disc with the uh, artificial disc? Uh, The doctor explained the procedure, the risk, and why it would be more beneficial than neck fusion surgery. One of the reasons why there's a disconnect between the two parties is kind of this disagreement over uh, the best approach. Uh, Ultimately, it should be Eichel's decision what he wants to do, and this is leading to. A delay in the trade process as well as the ultimate, uh, you know, breakup that is that is coming. Finally, uh, they also said, I should add, that they had expected a trade by now, kind of putting the pressure on uh, the Sabres to get something done. Also, uh, Mark andre Fleury has decided that he will play for the Blackhawks this season. He said he was going to take some time to assess the situation for himself and his family, look into the um Blackhawks there's obviously that ongoing sexual assault investigation but he I guess felt that it was worth um yeah jumping on and uh becoming a member of the Blackhawks which is uh you know his decision not one that I would have endorsed per se but uh here we are the reigning Vesna Trophy winner will become a member of the Chicago Blackhawks after being acquired from the Vegas Golden Knights. Finally, the Toronto Maple Leafs made some noise over the weekend by signing both Nick Ritchie and Andre Kasha. Uh, It's being said that they could have top six potential for the Maple Leafs. Will certainly add to the rivalry between the Leafs and Bruins. You know, for Kasha, I just hope he's healthy and can resume his career. Nick Ritchie, expecting him to be a top six guy, probably... um, Yeah, reaching for the stars a bit there, Uh, but yeah, whatever. Best of luck to both of them as they attempt to um, find a new home in Toronto. That's pretty much it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen. I hope you all had uh, a great weekend. It's a long weekend up here in Canada. Uh, Took some time to go to the skate park with uh, my son, who uh, was scooting over there, having some fun. Uh, it was raining most of Sunday so I didn't get to do too much but um, my wife Lord and I have been watching the Doctor Death uh, show that uh, was a podcast now a peacock series starring Joshua Jackson one of the reasons why he didn't appear on the Muddy Duck show as a side note and uh, yeah just been catching up on some uh, reading podcasts and things like that just trying to relax a bit so yeah I hope you're all doing well again we're gonna be three uh, podcasts a week for the month of August. So you can expect one on um, Wednesday and then another on Friday. So yeah, thanks so much for listening and uh, happy Monday and we'll talk to you again in a couple days. Later.